Your top stories on Blitz this hour. West Ham United moves into the top four in the Premier League. New Zealand ease past India in the T20 World Cup. Saracens power to dramatic London derby victory. Zverev, Vikic and Contivate claim ATP and WTA crowns in Europe. And Lucas Herbert becomes a winner on the PGA Tour. Aston Villa welcomed a West Ham United side in great form and who are looking to go level with Manchester City in third on the Premier League table on Sunday. The hosts, on the other hand, were hoping to put some room between themselves and the bottom of the table by bringing a three-game losing run to an end. The Hammers made the perfect start to the match. Ben Johnson made a yard and got in a terrific drive and established a lead for West Ham. What a fine strike that is from the young fullback. The visitors were on the charge, but they kept on allowing their hosts through, and Aston Villa finally managed to convert with their third strike of the match, Ollie Watkins with the equaliser just after the 30-minute mark. But West Ham were back in front not long afterwards as their captain Declan Rice scored a third goal of the season, putting his side ahead. Aston Villa's task became even more difficult in the early stages of the second half. After a VAR review saw Ezri Konza sent off for denying a clear goal-scoring opportunity, Villa a goal down and a man down. Despite that, the hosts almost found themselves level as Watkins sent his header crashing into the woodwork, Fabianski getting his fingertips onto the end of the ball. Villa's defence was stretched and the visitors pulled away with goals from Pablo Fornells and Jared Bowen four minutes apart, West Ham completing a 4-1 hammering of Aston Villa at Villa Park. Rock bottom Norwich City welcomed fellow strugglers Leeds United to Carroll Road with both sides desperate for a change in fortunes in the Premier League. Norwich have secured just two points from their nine matches this season, while Leeds are in 17th position. The visitors were the first to threaten as early as the seventh minute, but as they have done all season, could not get the desired result as the ball was stopped on the line. The home team had a chance of their own, and on the stroke of half-time were almost rewarded from this Milot Rashika strike, but it was paired for a corner as it stayed nil-nil at the break. But it was Leeds who opened the scoring in the second half. Strap finding James. Excellent ball for Rafinha. Running it on with Bamadeli. Is this the moment? Rafinha keeping his feet. In he goes. Leeds United ahead. A goal that further muddies the waters between footballing drama and crisis in East Anglia. Norwich equalised almost immediately. Hanley forward. Strap's got his arms all round him. But the visitors hit back to regain their lead, with Rodrigo the goal scorer in the 60th minute after doing all the work to get the goal. The goal was enough to give Leeds a 2-1 victory, their first away win this season and takes them out of the bottom three. It's Wolves against Everton at Molyneux on Monday and the visitors will be eager to bounce back from their incredible collapse last weekend. The corresponding fixture last season saw the Toffees take the spoils despite Ruben Neves' best efforts. And Wolves had no more luck when the sides met at Goodison Park in the final week of last season. 
6,500 Blues fans were back in the stadium that day and would have been delighted to get to half-time level. Three minutes after the break, Richarlison made Wolves pay. That match was the last time Carlo Ancelotti took charge of Everton with a home crowd cheering on the team. And despite Wolves having more possession and corners, it was the home side who managed more shots and, crucially, scored the only goal of the game. Both clubs are now under new management, but struggles in front of goal for the men in black and gold has not eased up. New signing Huang Hee Chan is doing his best to address that. He's struck four times in just six league appearances. One man you can rely on to supply the ammo for the likes of Quang and Raul Jimenez is midfielder Jean Moutinho. The experienced Portuguese is making more than half his passes in the opposition half and at an impressive accuracy of 86%. It could be a case of back to basics for Everton after their most recent setback. Never before had any Rafael Benitez team conceded five goals in a Premier League game. But the defeat to Watford changed that. The Spaniard will demand his team show more resolve. Both of Sunday's games in the Premier League saw the away teams emerge victorious. There's one more match coming your way in round 10 with Wolverhampton Wanderers taking on Everton. It will be live on Supersport. West Ham United have settled into the top four on the same number of points as Manchester City in third, while Chelsea lead the pack with 25 points. The bottom half of the table sees Norwich City and Newcastle United still searching for opening victories. They have two and four points respectively. AC Milan were looking to become the fifth side in the history of Serie A to win 10 of their first 11 games when they travelled to the Stadio Olimpico to face Roma. The home side were on the attack early as two chances fell the way of Lorenzo Pellegrini. However, he failed to capitalise on the opportunities to hand Roma the lead. AC Milan gained momentum after the early onslaught and would be rewarded as Zlatan Ibrahimovic struck a powerful free kick that left Rui Patricio flat-footed and with no chance at all. It's Ibrahimovic! It's all the way through! Milan lead! And it just had to be him! He always scores against Roma! That is 150 in the Italian top flight for Zlatan Ibrahimovic! And he brings up that milestone in style. Milan thought they had a second shortly before the break. However, Rafael Leao's cheeky header after getting past Patrizia was ruled out as Ibrahimovic was found to be marginally offside in the build-up. The visitors still headed into the tunnel with the goal advantage. AC Milan continued where they left off after the restart as Ibrahimovic was played into space before beating Patrizio again. However, he was trapped offside prior to the goal. A quick counter-attack by Milan before the hour mark had the Roma defence in dire straits while Ibrahimovic was brought down in the area with the referee pointing at the spot for a penalty. Francesi making no mistake in converting to double the lead. The visitors were reduced to 10 men less than 10 minutes later though as Theo Hernandez was shown a second yellow card on the night for a cynical foul. Roma attacked relentlessly in the latter parts of the half and managed to pull goal back through Stefan Al-Sharawi in time added on. However, the strike would not be enough as AC Milan managed to see out the remainder of the game to claim maximum points in the contest. Salernitana faced a difficult task at home in Serie A as they hosted the side with the highest clean sheet percentage in the big five European leagues this season as Napoli, having denied opposition a goal in seven of their last ten outings, looked to maintain their incredible start to the Italian top-flight season.
Napoli enjoyed the early attacking intent as they tried to make the most of their near 80% possession. However, accuracy in front of goal led the visitors down on more than one occasion. The hosts kept Napoli at arm's length throughout the first half, mostly contested in the middle of the park, and created chances of their own. However, the Napoli defence stood firm in denying the hosts any opportunity. Napoli finally found the opener shortly after the hour mark as Salernitana failed to deal with a goal-mouth scramble which allowed Piotr Zelensky enough time to unleash a shot past the defence. A short VAR check confirming Napoli weren't offside prior to the score. Salernitana were reduced to 10 men later in the half as Grigoris Castanos was shown a red card for a foul on Andre Frank Anguisa. However, the numerical advantage was short-lived for Napoli as Kalidu Kulibali was handed his marching orders not long after. The single strike in the end would be enough for Napoli to secure maximum points away from home while adding another clean sheet to their tally in the league. That placed Inter Milan were aiming to keep up with pace setters AC Milan and Napoli in Serie A when they came face to face with Udinese at the Giuseppe Meata Stadium. Inter are the defending champions and this was a must-win game for them to close the gap at the top or risk losing further ground as they were eight points behind Milan. The Nerazzurri were on par with their league rivals, but their progress was undone by a defeat to Lazio and a draw against Juventus last week, and they redeemed themselves with their victory against Empoli. Now they took on a more trickier side in Udinese. Inter was the busier of the two in the first half, creating several attacking chances, but not able to convert them, leaving the two sides goalless at the break. The game came to life in the second half, and it was the home side that broke the deadlock in the 60th minute. Dummy from Perisic, here is Joaquin Correa, Correa gliding inside, Correa! Breakthrough at the Miazza, Inter needed a goal and Joaquin Correa obliges. It was a wonderful moment of quality from Joaquin Correa, the dummy from Perisic opens up the play and Correa rifles the ball home, Inter 1, Udinese 0. Correa was not done yet and added his second eight minutes later. Forward towards Denzel Dumfries. Dumfries is cut back. It's Correa. He's at Inter second. It ended 2-0 as Inter continues to pile the pressure in the title race. Wins for AC Milan, Napoli, Fiorentina and Inter Milan in Serie A while Genoa were held to a goalless draw at home. Action in the Italian top flight continues with Bologna hosting Cagliari. You can follow the action live on Supersport. Napoli and AC Milan enjoy a sizable lead at the top of the Serie A log, with reigning champions Inter Milan seven points back in third, while Roma sit a further five points back in fourth. Juventus find themselves in ninth. At the other end, Cagliari, Salernitana and Spezia hold up the bottom of the log. However, only three points separate the danger zone from Udinese in 14th. India and New Zealand renewed their rivalry as they clashed in the ICC Men's T20 World Cup 2021 on Sunday, with the teams batting second, having won 14 of the 18 T20s played in Dubai this year. It was no surprise when Black Caps skipper Kane Williamson chose to bowl first after winning the toss, a goal which brought an immediate breakthrough as Train Bolt sent Ishan Kishan packing for four before KL Rahul followed his opener for a 16-ball 18, also taken a deep square leg. 
35 for 2 became 40 for 3 and then 48 for 4 after 10.1 overs as Rohit Sharma and Virat Kohli fell victim to Ish Sodhi for 14 and 9 runs respectively. India were scoring at less than 5 to the over and needed to up the tempo if they were to set a decent target but they continued to struggle losing Rishabh Pant for 12. Disappointment of the drop catch. He's knocked over Rishabh Pant. India then lost Harik Pandya and Shadul Thakur three balls apart, courtesy of Bolt. Pandya contributing the second highest total of the innings with 23 runs. But it was Ravindra Jadeja's 26 run cameo that got them into triple digits as they ended the innings on 110 for seven. India needed some early breakthroughs if they were to stand a chance to defend their total and they got their first 3.4 overs in. Yasprit Bumrah dismissing Martin Gaptil for a 17-ball 20. Daryl Mitchell was then joined by his captain Williamson in the middle. They were required to score at less than a run a ball which saw the pair play without any pressure. Mitchell was cruising to his half-century as they continued to chip away at the lead. But the opener, stuck in two minds, sent Bumrah straight to long on to lose his wicket one run shy of the milestone. The damage had been done though as Williamson led his side to an eight-wicket victory, the Black Caps' captain ending the match unbeaten on 33 runs. Group 2 action resumed at the Sheikh Zayed Cricket Stadium where Afghanistan won the toss and chose to bet in the Super 12 clash against Namibia. This T20 World Cup fixture was the first ever meeting between the two nations at international level. Afghanistan lost to Pakistan in their last fixture in the tournament and needed to redeem themselves, while Namibia was high on confidence following their victory over Scotland. Afghanistan got off to a great start as openers Hazratullah Zazai and Mohammed Shahzad took control of the proceedings as they raced to a 50-run partnership in six overs, the first time a team has not lost a wicket during power play in Abu Dhabi. But the next over was the last for the big-hitting Zazai as he was out on 33 off the bowling of JJ Smith. His replacement, Ramanola Gubaz, could only make four runs before he was back in the pavilion. Enter former captain Asghar Afghan. A very emotional moment for the former captain of Afghanistan, Asghar Afghan, as the Namibian team give him a guard of honour. And that's because the 33-year-old, who is their first test captain, and has skippered Afghanistan for many, many years, this morning has announced that after this match today, he is going to retire from all international cricket. Namibia then took care of another big fish in Shazad, who was five runs shy of his half-century. Afghan made sure that his last international was a memorable one, as he was businesslike in his approach, adding valuable runs on the scoreboard for Afghanistan. But his fine run came to an end in the 19th over, as he departed the scene after making 33 runs, finishing on 1,382 runs in total for his country in T20 competition, the third highest in Afghanistan. Mohammad Nabi and Gulbadin Naib held on to take Afghanistan to 160 in 20 overs. Nicole Lofty eating the pick of the bowlers with two for 21. Set a target of 161 for victory, Namibia's start was woeful as they lost the wicket of opener Craig Williams, who managed only one run, and they were on the back foot from the onset. Michael van Lingen was the next to depart the scene with only 11 runs to his name. At 16 for 2, Namibia was in deep trouble and they had no answers for the bowling of Afghanistan. They were desperate for runs but instead lost wickets at regular intervals, with Lofty Eaton unable to hold on 
and was out on 14, leaving Namibia reeling at 29 for 3. But they should also thank their lucky stars as they got a stay of execution when Gubas dropped this catch. After 10 overs, Namibia needed 106 runs of 60 balls, but it was becoming mission impossible as they were reduced further when Gerard Erasmus found himself on all fours as he was out on 15. Namibia was in desperate need of a hero and it seemed no one was coming to save them, with David Visser the only one showing some promise at the crease. His resistance crumbled in the 17th over when he was out on 26 after facing 30 balls. His wicket spelled the end of any hope Namibia had of winning the game, and they lost by 62 runs. A great send-off for Askar Afghan as he bid farewell to the international scene after 16 long years. Afghanistan get their second win in the tournament. Navin Ulhag and Hamid Hassan were excellent with the ball, getting 3 for 26 and 3 for 9 respectively. Action in the ICC Men's T20 World Cup continues as England face Sri Lanka at the Sharjah Cricket Stadium. You can follow it live on Supersport. Yeah, we are at the beautiful Fairmont Hotel here in Abu Dhabi and I tell you what, one of the best surroundings you can ask for. But while it's extremely beautiful, it's still quite challenging for all the cricketers competing at the Men's T20 World Cup because quarantine life, mental health, it all comes into play. It's not easy. Players are still human beings. Nasser Hussain broke it down brilliantly for us. So let's go here from the former England captain. You know, never forget how difficult bubble life is. We've had to do six days quarantine. That's just six days for us. Imagine what these guys have been through. Most of them have been doing franchises. Most of them have been doing test matches. Most of them have gone bubble, quarantine, bubble, quarantine, bubble. And, you know, you don't, it all looks very nice here, doesn't it? But cricketers, they need to get out a bit as well. So it's getting even more on top of you. And I guess you've got to try and get some kind of perspective. Try and go, yep, it's a last, the sun will shine again tomorrow, we go again tomorrow. So in, in modern pandemic times, it's that difficulty of getting some kind of perspective that keeps you going in a tournament. And I tell you, I've got plenty of perspective, having spent six days <laughs> in quarantine, first time ever. Again, it just puts you on the, on the other side to say, man, if these players have to go through this, I, at times, I always tell people, we forget that you know, we're all still human beings at the end of the day, regardless of your superpowers as, as an athlete. Yeah, and it's such an easy thing to say, like England were debating going to the ashes or not. And, and all they were trying to work out is what is the quarantine? What can we do in the bubble? Can we go out and get a coffee or go and play golf or whatever? Um, and, you know, people on social media be like, I'd give my right arm to play for England. It's the ashes. You get paid loads of money. Yeah, of course they do. And of course, some of the choices they make is their own choice. They go and play IPL because of the money. Um, but that doesn't make it easier, you know, they still, they got a family, it's their job. So I have a lot more perspective, having been through bubbles in England and been through quarantine. You do see what these players are going through. And I do think we just have to give them a bit of leeway when they say enough is enough. And also the mental health as well. We've seen with Ben Stokes in England take time out of the game. We've seen various cricketers just take time out of the game, time out of the bubble. I think we have to give our cricketers, we're quite, I'm quite proud they've kept it going so well actually they've given us so much exciting cricket it's not been easy for them and we want to have that leeway for people to be able to to say something and for us to listen when you say i'm not okay it's okay yeah you know absolutely and i think that's getting you know i was lucky enough to play with marcus Triscothic, one of the nicest men ever on the planet all he ever thought about trez was his teammates he'd get out and then he'd take 
I don't know, Angus Fraser and Dean Headley or whatever for some throwdowns in the nets. And all he ever thought about was anyone else in that team. And then towards the end of his career, he went down with mental health issues. And you do get, you, and we had no sign of it at all. Nothing, nothing clicked. It's a, it's a medical problem. It's not a sign of weakness or anything like that. It's a, a medical issue. Um, and, I, you know, and it seems quite um, prolific in cricket for some reason. Maybe it's the lifestyle. Maybe it's the time away from home. Um, and again, when you, as you say that, and people will look at this shot and look over your shoulder and go, <laughs> really, mate? <laughs> You're not doing too bad, but um, it's not as easy as it looks. It is for us, but while you're playing the game as well, while you're playing and that, I think who was it said it, uh, Ollie, um, Ollie Pope in a couple of summers ago in, um, in England when they were in the bubble at the Aegeus Bowl, he said, you know, when he's out of it, when he gets out, he can go and have a coffee or whatever. When you're in and you open the curtains at the Aegeus Bowl the next day and you're still at the cricket ground, there's that no release. Sportsmen are always looking for the release. The release could be golf, it could be family, but a release to get away from the game of cricket.